Hello and to welcome to Imaginary Advice, where we discuss conspiracy theories and whether they are real or if they are not real, or if they are even there at all. Today I'm joined by Kristen Bartle. She is in the agricultural industry. We will be discussing GMOs and what they do for a country. Are they good or are they bad? So I'm going to start with a bit of background for GMOs. So in the mid-90s, Monsanto developed genetically modified crops that were immune to its lead weed killer Roundup. So farmers no longer had to till the land to kill weeds. This was meant supposed to be a cheaper way to feed the world and make a lot of lead breakthroughs and things easier for farmers, bigger profits, feeding the world, no less poverty, and less children dying. And, but some people believe that GMOs aren't all that great, that Monsanto is actually using them to control the food industry and not feed the world, but provide themselves with power and money and increase corporate control. And what is your view on the topic? Well, if you look at um, GMOs, um, genetically modified organisms, um, in the grain industry and several crops, um, they began in around 1996. And so if we look back, this isn't a new technology. This is something that's been happening. We're in 2020 now. So we've, we've got 30 years ago, we developed this, this procedure to genetically modify our grain. And so this isn't a new technology and um, there's been a lot of research. So I think that there's a lot we can be confident about as far as GMOs go. Um, and what you touched on Margo was true. Um, a lot came, Monsanto has probably made big profits and they have done a lot for their own business and they have bought a lot of small farms. Um, so they've increased their market share in the grain industry. Um, and that is very true. And you can look at the negatives for that for farmers and um, also by the terms of a, a monopoly that could control a lot of your source of grain. So I understand those um, concerns that you have. However, if you look at genetically modified grain and you look at what it, you look at the numbers, you can produce more food with fewer inputs um, and this spares land. So less land is, is being used for, um, for producing grains. That decreases deforestation and um, it also in many ways promotes and reduces chemical use because we're not having to use um, stronger, harsher chemicals. Um, glyphosate, which is Roundup, is all, the only thing that, can, that has to be used um, in order to get the, get the fields ready for these crops. So it allows for a more targeted use of herbicides and pesticides, and it decreases the reliance on toxic alternatives such as atrazine. So these drought and disease-resistant plants um, use fewer environmental resources and yield gr much greater amounts in terms of yield of crops. So you have an increased loss, excuse me, an increased supply of food, and this food has a longer shelf life. 
So what we are effectively doing is we're taking a lot of land out of production because we need less land because the yield is greater. So we're reducing carbon dioxide emissions equivalent to taking 16.7 million cars off the road. Um, these technologies have been rigorously tested for seven to 10 years. This is the most tested product in history. If we look at corn and different things that are, are genetically modified, they're extremely tested. And, and a lot of people will say, well, big ag is coming in and big agriculture is paying for all this research and they're making the research come out the way that they want it to come out with. Is that true? I mean, the World Health Organization is funding research. Um, many universities are funding research. This is not just research done by Big Ag. This is research that has been done not just by our country, but throughout the world. 1,700 peer-reviewed studies have found evidence that GMO crops produce, um, that they don't produce adverse effects, effects and, um, to humans or livestock, because many of these grains are being fed to livestock as well, which will later enter the food supply in the form of meat. So, Margo, what do you think about some of the things I've said? Do you have some of your research might show, um, show something different? Well, I believe that there are definite pros to the GMO corn, corn and all the Soybeans. genetically modified mm -hmm. plants and all of the crops that we're going to make. But one of the ultimate questions we are going to answer here today is... Will it increase Monsanto's or other big food companies' control over the world's food supply and corporate control over the world? And I believe that it will increase corporate control of the world and give Monsanto more purpose and power and money. As you said, because they are going to make a lot of money through GMOs. They have all these seed businesses that they bought, and they're one of the lead food industries and many people also they acknowledge the fact that Monsanto is practically the biggest food company in the world not just in the US and by Monsanto essentially almost created GMOs they're not the only ones that have used it and tested it but they are one of the lead producers in GMOs. Therefore, using GMOs, they are going to have most of the farms that supply GMOs. And using the GMOs of those farms, they're going to take a lot of profits for themselves, and they're going to have control over most of the farm. And that farm is going to supply all the grocery stores. And even if you think about the grocery stores, most companies are owned by one big company. So if you think it's quite scary to realize when you go into a grocery store and you have one aisle, that one aisle might, with all those different brands, might actually be owned by one bigger brand. And all the GMOs, they're going all over the world. Monsanto is going to have control over all of the GMOs everywhere they go. Well, not, maybe not everywhere they go, but most places that go. And sometimes, like with the golden rice they have been developing, it won't really um, supply cheaper 
and better food options for some of the very poor. Because the, with the golden rice, in order to consume it properly, there are certain oils and fats and stuff that you have to put on it in order to consume it properly. So I would just like to have your opinion on whether the Monsanto and other large food companies, would it increase corporate control over the world? I think to answer that question, what we have to, what we have to start is where the need for these products came from. And so if you look at the U.S. Um, population being approximately 328 million people and the world population being 7.8 billion people, we have to, we are in fact the breadbasket of the world and we are trying to feed so many people in this world and we are trying to feed people at an affordable price. And so I think that what this is born out of is a need to feed so many people at a certain price point. And also we have so many challenges on the horizon um, with climate change and population growth. This is increasing the pressure on agriculture to feed a hungry world in ever-changing environmental um, forecasts and pressures. And so I think what biotechnology, what a company like Monsanto can do is can help us to develop more resilient crops that are better able to survive these changing conditions such as climate change, um, weather pattern changes. Um, we can better control and help, to help us to know that our food supply will be able to change with these changing conditions. So I understand a lot of what you're saying um, where one, con one corporation can control so much um, of one slice of this food supply in our grain industry. I understand that concern, but that's also a political concern in terms of how um, farms are set up and the way that they're structured. And in agriculture, you know, there's a lot of um, like such things as the death tax where mm -hmm. farmers who don't make a lot of money um, upon that person and that owns the farm, when they pass away, they are then taxed based on the value of the farm, but the farm doesn't make enough money to pay that tax. And so that has made the situation for Monsanto so easy. It's so easy to come up and scoop up farms um, because of our, you know, many of our uh, government, you know, our laws. So some of that you can look at Monsanto as the bad guy. But we also have to look at the whole political government climate that has allowed certain practices to go on, which have not been favorable to farmers and the individual mm -hmm. farmer. And so I feel like, um, you know, the, the numbers don't lie and we have we are producing more food with less land um, and we have the potential to do the right thing um, to feed the world. But I understand many of your concerns um, when it comes to this, you know, the safety of these genetically modified mm -hmm. organisms and also some of the complaints that people have regarding um, allergic reactions that they think they have um, and that they maybe that they just inherently feel better when they eat um, unmodified sources of food. 
So I think that um, this is a big problem and a big question that we'll have to answer in the coming years. But what I'm afraid of is letting go of these um, technology, letting go of this technology and these advances that we've made in yields um, would would make people hungry and would, would allow people to go without food. So um, I think that we just have to be careful and, um, you know, monopolies in businesses, um, do you understand monopoly? And if you understand monopolies, then you understand that there's always some risk associated with that. But so many industries have went this way. And if we look at many of the industries, um, such as tech and um, ag, are all going this route because of both the government and um, the economy of scale. It's so much easier for Monsanto to um, produce corn at a cheaper price because they own so many facets of the industry. And I think that this is going to be something that we continue to revisit. What do you think, Margot? Well, I think that GMOs, they could definitely prove promising for the world and decreasing hung hunger within communities dealing with poverty and poorness and depressions. But I, there is one quote from Chris Parker, and he said, when you're good at something, you want to leverage that. Monsanto's specialty is killing stuff. And I think a little bit of that quote could be true because one thing that you touched on in the beginning is that we will use less weed killer. But I think most farmers, they might actually use more because if they're, they are immune to that, then farmers might take control of that and use more. And that would lead to the weeds building a tolerance for that weed killer. And eventually we would have to use even harsher chemicals. And one of my sources, it said that we, how we, they can use chemicals but sometimes, they, do they really pay attention to make sure, they don't really make sure that the chemicals won't get into our food, that we won't consume those chemicals. And sometimes they aren't especially careful. And some people, maybe that's why they're having allergic reactions, because they accidentally consumed some of the chemicals that was on that... Um, Corn. Corn or soybean well, or whatever it is. And I mean, there's so many uh, lawsuits right now for Roundup. There's a lot of litigation going on now, people suing Roundup. Um, they have had health problems. So I think as we go forward, depending on how a lot of those lawsuits play out, and um, there's some appeals right now going through, I think you're going to see possibly the forecast change. And that is where we get to, okay, well, we've produced this type of corn, and what if we have to pivot and go another way? And I hope that uh, Monsanto and, and other companies are ready to pivot. And maybe what needs to happen is different sides of this argument need to get together, and maybe they could even produce a better form of corn or wheat or sugar beets or any rice 
that is um, both healthier and better for the environment and um, possibly uses less chemicals. And if we've developed, already done so much in the past 30 years with glyphosate, um, immune corn, maybe we can come up with something even better in the future. And maybe the answer is more working together and more um, cooperation between these uh, corporations and between different groups that have different thoughts. And I think that if we could all work together, that some of these problems might be solved. Yes. And I think, I think that we'll conclude today's podcast. And I think we have answered the question that GMOs, they, we still would have to do further testing to see how it would play out in the future. But yet, I think we have answered the question, will GMOs benefit our food system and the world and our country in specific? I think, I think we both can agree that it will. It will pr- probably benefit our food system because it's going to feed more people in a cheaper way. It's going to prevent, it might prevent less weed stuff, it might not, might prevent, promote more. It just kind of depends on the person in control of the GMOs and in control of the weed killer, but it will prevent our food system in general. So I think that is concluded. But next week, you can join us when we are going to look at the conspiracy theory of Majestic 12, an alien organization kind of similar to the Men in Black. And I think that concludes today's podcast. Thank you, Margo, for having me. It's been a real pleasure.